listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Kelly Jensen, and this is the June 2nd, 2023 edition. I spent a long time this week thinking about what books I wanted to talk about, especially given that Pride just started. And what I've decided to do is offer up one very queer book, like there's no question at all that that's what it is, and a book that definitely has some queer undertones to it, even if they're not as overt as... Maybe some people, some readers would prefer them to be. Both are literary fiction, but don't let that scare you if you're usually not a lit fic reader. Consider these to be the kind of books that queer the definition, because queerness is all about that, right? Blurring lines, shifting definitions, exploding the patriarchy, and so forth. But before launching into the show, I wanted to share that we have launched a new subscription newsletter, The Deep Dive. If you're looking for fascinating stories, informed takes, useful advice, and more drawn from our collective experience as power readers, teachers, librarians, booksellers, and bookish professionals, you'll want to subscribe to The Deep Dive, a bi-weekly newsletter to inform and inspire readers delivered right to your inbox. Your first read, The Power Reader's Guide to Reading Logs and Trackers, is on the house. Check out all the details and choose your membership level, including a free level, at bookriot.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the first book I'm going to talk about is Yerba Buena by Nina LaCour. At 16, Sarah Foster runs away from her Northern California home. She's been caretaking for her younger brother after the death of her mother, especially because her father is hot and cold and not really reliable. But after her best friend and former girlfriend is found in a lake dead, the next in a long line of people to be pulled from the water in a similar condition, Sarah knows that she needs out. She quickly befriends a guy who has a car. They participate in an activity that leaves both of them haunted to make a little cash, and they head south toward LA. It's not an easy trip, and when they run out of money before making it to the city, they each take up a job hoping to have enough money for dinner. 
Eventually, Sarah works her way out of the situation, abandoning the guy and making a name for herself in L.A. at the infamous Yerba Buena, which is a high-profile restaurant with a well-known chef. Emily is from the L.A. area and grew up with parents and an older sister who is in and out of her life because her older sister struggles with addiction. Emily has always wanted the kind of life her Creole grandparents had, which is one filled with community and adventure. The problem is Emily has no idea what she wants to do with her life. She's on her fifth college major and thinks that she's not really going anywhere. So when she takes a job as a flower designer and ends up at Yerba Buena doing their table arrangements, she can never imagine the position would hold for her, which is uh, the beginning of a long affair with the famous restaurant tour. She has feelings for him and enjoys the attention he shows her, a girl who is messy and lost and adrift, but when Emily discovers she's his side piece, that he has a whole family and life outside of their relationship, she calls it off and finds herself once again drifting. When Sarah and Emily connect, both of them a little lost, broken, and struggling to build lives from the broken pieces of their past, it seems like immediate chemistry. But then Sarah is cold in a way that surprises Emily and things look a little bit bleak. Then Sarah gets a chance to explain, and the two of them find incredible comfort and recognition and real love with one another. This is a beautiful, emotional character study of two young women trying to figure themselves out. It is romantic and challenging in that it invites the reader inside these lives while also keeping them at the same distance which Emily and Sarah keep themselves from others and initially from one another as well. There's a lot of fabulous stuff in here about those messy years, between your 20s and your 30s that are true and authentic, and the emotional realities of navigating life as a newly independent adult are really authentic here. It's well-paced and engrossing, and the perfect kind of literary novel that refuses to be what one would consider a typical quote-unquote literary novel. There's a lot to dig into when it comes to language and imagery and symbolism, but that does not detract from giving these characters fully considered arcs or lives. Content warnings on this one for sexual assault, as well as for drug and alcohol abuse and use issues. And that is Yerba Buena by Nina LaCour. My second title is very different, and it is called A Prayer for Travelers by Ruchika Tomar. And it's a Western, but it's a book about the West featuring two girls of color at the helm who would do anything but be content to be in one of those stereotypical, male-dominated, egotistical westerns. It's a mystery told out of order about a brown girl named Kale, who is raised by her grandfather, and she becomes entwined with a brown girl named Penny, who goes missing. They're close friends, though we only kind of believe this to be true as their friendship seems a little bit one-sided, so Kale wants to know what happened to Penny and why it is she disappeared. Being a Western, it's set in the West, in the desert, and it's a well-paced, cleverly crafted, and gorgeously written story offering up a slice of American narrative that we don't often see in this setting. We get to know Kale, who is bookish and quiet, and we get to know Penny, who doesn't have her own voice in the story since she goes missing, but we get to know what kind of girl she is through Kale, and we get to know she's the kind of girl that Kale would love to someday be, and that's why Kale is so enamored with her, even if, as we suspect as readers, Penny might not reciprocate those same feelings. Not that they're not friends, but it's a bit of an unequal friendship, and this is where I get to that part where it's there's some undertones here of, of a queer story as well. 
This one reminded me a lot of Sadie by Courtney Summers for the way that the mystery plays out and how it's told non-sequentially. For readers who love thrillers, cleverly constructed novels, and stories of friendship, feminism, and seeing men who've always been heroes knocked down a notch or two, this is going to be a book that you want to pick up. And that is A Prayer for Travelers by Ruchika Tomar. And with that, today's show comes to a close. All of the books mentioned in the episode will be linked in the show notes. I hope your month is off to a good start and that you're able to enjoy a good book in your favorite reading spot soon. Thank you so much to our sponsor and thank you to our audio editor, Jen Zink, and thank you to you for listening. For more recs and general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to listen to our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And remember, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlists and you want to show us some love, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We sincerely appreciate your reviews and they help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me, I am on Twitter still at Veronica Kelly Mars. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading.